Hey, it's Paul. Welcome to the very first episode of Afterthoughts. And today, the Afterthoughts are going to be about the idea of speaking to different generations within your presentation and kind of what that looks like. So, Mike, let's talk about what Afterthoughts is is going to be, more or less, since this is the first time we've done it this way. Okay, yes. Yeah, so imagine you're going to a conference and you hear a presentation at the conference, you really like that topic, you get a lot out of it, and you just happen to run into the speaker at Starbucks afterwards. And you say, hey, tell me more about this topic. I really liked it. And that gives him a chance to share all the stuff that he didn't get to in the conference speech. And it, it could be extra ideas that just didn't make the cut. It could be a great thought that came to him during the speech, but he had to filter it because he didn't have time. Whatever the case may be, he could tell you all the extra stuff. We'll call those the afterthoughts. So that's what this segment is going to be like. It's like we, we had this more structured session uh, on generations, and now we're going to tell you extra stuff about generations, things that did not fit into the more formal podcast. There you go. I like it. So let's talk a little bit about what different generations like and don't like to hear. And also maybe some background as to why. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. So we'll just start with the the boomers born between 1946 and 1964. Uh, now, Paul and I, our dad is what's called a cusper because he was born he was born actually. He was born in forty three, right? Which is within five years of that cutoff date. Now, a cusper naturally shares uh, characteristics with both generations. So he would share uh, characteristics with the silent generation, which came right before the boomers, and the boomer generation itself. So let's talk about some of those boomer characteristics and things that they would they would like to hear and. And things that they don't want to hear. So we'll start with what they like to hear. They like to hear, tell me about how this process could be made better. Oh, they love that kind of question. What they don't want to hear is, I don't think you've really thought this through. <laughs> that's, that's just going to get all over them. <laughs> Now, the reason now that, that could be offensive to any generation, but the reason it could be especially offensive to boomers is because they were they were the first generation in American history to be both highly educated, critical thinkers. Nice. And part of that's because they grew up post-World War II. Right. And a couple of different things were happening. First was the economic boom. There was a lot of resources to be used post-World War II. And secondly, they were raised by parents and grandparents who had close ties to or went through the Depression and World War II. Right. And so there was this determination that we don't ever want to do that again. So whatever decisions were made that led us to that, we don't ever want to have that again. So we want to make sure that our children are well-educated and they're challenged to to question things and think things through. And they had the resources to bring it about. That's true. So, for example, like you were talking about your in-laws. That was kind of a situation for them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think my my father-in-law's parents uh, both grew up, you know, not, not really well off. And they'd come through the Great Depression and kind of had a lot of the hallmarks of that. And I think that they saw him getting a college education as being... A must. This was a way for him to ensure his future and theirs by getting a, a really good education. And so this these highly educated critical thinkers, they brought that mindset into the workplace with them. And they looked around and they were always looking for how things could be 
improved and they could focus on that and do a good job of it. The workplace is a better place because boomers came into it with this highly educated critical thinking. So that's why they're going to love to hear. So what do you think? How could this be made better? Oh, that's just like, well, let me tell you. Because they've probably been thinking about this for a while, just waiting for the opportunity. What they don't like to hear is, I don't think you've thought this through. <laughs> these, these characteristics are true in general, but they are not absolutely true. Right. Uh, some people are wired to be critical thinkers. Yeah. That's just kind of th their natural inclination. Yeah. Uh, and, just, and some people just love education. They're going to get as much as they can, even if they're paying for it themselves, because they love it. However, with the boomers, there was this push for them to achieve these things because of what their parents had been through and how they wanted something to be different for their kids. So that's that's something a boomer would like to hear and not like to hear. So let's move on now to the Xers, which is is my people. Now, what they like to hear is very specific instructions that can be carried out without any help from anybody else. Okay. Love that. that and with the expectation that if the Xers find a better way to do it, they're going to disregard the, those instructions altogether. <laughs> I can identify with this. <laughs> now, what they what they hate to hear is let me introduce you to the group that you're going to be doing this project with. They don't like that very much. No, because it's like, just give me my work, leave me alone, and let me do it. Now, that's a result of a lot of the Xers growing up with uh, an education where they tended to sit in rows, and they had their work to do, and they did it themselves. It was very individualistic. Yeah. Now, teamwork would break out whenever the teacher took a smoke break. <laughs> but otherwise, you were supposed to keep your head down and do your own stuff, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of these kids would go from school to home where nobody was home. Right. And they would use the latch key that was hanging around their neck to let themselves in. And they would be all by themselves until mom or dad got home. That also developed a lot of, of independent thinking skills and problem-solving skills because they, they learned how to get into trouble, get out of trouble, and hide all the evidence all before <laughs> mom and dad got home. Fair. <laughs> and, of course, sometimes there were those, those lists of things to do. So yeah. they, were, they were given work to do, and those things better be done or else. before mom and or dad got home. Right. And so they learned how to get those things done in the shortest amount of time possible. So they could look at the clock and go, oh, shoot, they're going to be here in seven minutes. Well, that's exactly about how much time I have to clean this whole house. So they would get it done. Yeah. And it didn't matter whether they had spent that whole time cleaning that house or the last seven minutes. What mattered was it was done mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when the authority figures came in the room. <laughs> so they developed these abilities to get stuff done on their own, on their own time frame not having to mess with a lot of other people. So they love to hear, here's your stuff, go get it done. Here's some help if you need it. But, you know, if you need to do it your own way, do it your own way. As long as the result is there. There you go. Um, they don't like to hear is, hey, you're going to have to cooperate with this group of people to go get it done. Like, no, I'll get rid of those people. I'll do it myself. And, uh, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Uh, see, now this is, this is going to be really interesting to hit this next group because I also am a cusper because I was the very first year oh. that is qualified as a millennial because I was born in 1981. I identify with everything right. that you just said. 
<laughs> so I think in a way I'm kind of a Gen right, Xer yeah. at heart because everything that you just there said, I'm go. like, yes, right, that right, is right. 100% me. And it was not helped out any by the fact that I was a homeschooler. So there was no group oh, work right, to yes, be had yes. because everything was me by myself. <laughs> <It's just you. laughs> I spent a ton of time by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul and I are siblings. Yes. I am 12 years older than Paul. Yes. So by the time he was going into school, I was getting out of school and moving out of the house and all, all that stuff. So it was just him. Mm-hmm. So all school work was individual. Yes. Work. And I was, you know, which made me almost like an only child in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and mom was always there because she was the teacher, hence the homeschooling. But at the same time, usually it would be like, okay, here's the assignment. Tell me if you need help. I mean, once I got past like third or fourth grade, it was a lot of like, go do these yeah. things in these books. And then yeah, right. if something seems confusing, come get me. I'm here. And it's like, okay. So I was used to doing that. The only part that was that yeah. was unfortunate when I got to college is mom wasn't there to come to when I had problem with X. So oh, that was right. a bit yeah. interesting. But, you know, that's that's why you have roommates. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's true. So, and and it would have been a different experience for you having to do a group project on an academic. It was. Level. It was. It was very different, but it was okay. I mean, it was just. It was interesting getting used to. It was also interesting getting yeah. used to taking notes because I was always used to being like, "Can you just say that again?" <laughs> I wasn't holding anybody <laughs> right, else up. Be like, yeah. "Okay, say that again." <laughs> so yeah, so taking notes was also interesting. But I, I want you to tell me, like, you know, from from your vast knowledge, okay. what. Supposedly, do millennials like to hear and not yeah, like yeah. to hear? Because I, I identify way too much with Gen Xers. Right. Okay. Yeah. So starting with the millennial generation, things morphed from sitting in rows for schooling to sitting in small groups for schooling. Okay. Also during the same time frame, youth sports got younger and younger and younger. Mm-hmm. So that a lot of kids, it seemed like they were graduating straight from diapers to baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Or football or whatever the sport was, soccer. And so many millennials grew up doing things in teams or in groups for as long as they can remember. Okay. Yeah. And so in school, if you couldn't figure something out, you turned to a someone else sitting in your group. So if, either if the teacher couldn't help you at the moment, or you might be able to understand someone else in your group better than you could understand the teacher. Right. So academically, you became more team-oriented or group-oriented as well. And you grew up with this kind of expectation as you went through your schooling. So then when you go into the workplace and maybe you have a Gen X boss who's just trying to treat you the way he wants to be treated. (laughs) And so he gives you individual work to go do. Yeah. And your immediate inclination is to look around and go, okay, so who's going with me by myself? (laughs) What is this by myself? What Uh, this this is just weird. What am I going to do this thing by my by myself? This it's everything's supposed to happen in a group because that's the way it's always it's always been. So you know the millennials are going to kind of flip it on the Gen Xers. The Gen Xers, you know, that like to do their individual work. Just leave me alone. Let me do it. Don't make me work in groups. The millennials come in. It's like, well, life is group. Yeah, we get stuff done in groups. That was so much of a, an expectation for so many 
millennials that in general, now remember we're talking things that are true in general, not things that are true absolutely. Right, yeah. Right, so there are exceptions to these rules. But so many millennials grew up doing so much group work that that's the expectation. So they love to hear, get a group together and go do this. That's natural. Right. What they don't like to hear is go off by yourself and get this thing done. Once again, exceptions to that rule, but in general, that's a big shift that happened with the millennial generation. All right. See, that's that's astounding to me because I, you know, once again, no context for any of this. No, nothing in my life led me to to have this experience that you just described. So this is just as educational for me as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we've been talking about presenting to generations. Now, to learn more about keeping in mind who's going to be in your audience, you should check out chapter four of the book, Big presentations in small rooms. In that chapter, you'll learn to take into consideration who will be there and thinks in some specific ways that will allow you to craft your message and make it more effective. It's a, it's a great resource. That one chapter is worth the price of the book. So you should get your copy. Get your copy of Big Presentations in Small Rooms. You can get it at Amazon. Choose digital, print, or audiobook. We'll put a link in the show notes. All right, so now let's talk about Gen Z, born between 1997 and 2012. So at the time of this recording, youngest would be around 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 or 11, up to 25 or so. And we will compare Gen Z with older generations of that same time frame, since that's where Gen Z is at now, between 10 and 25. Gen Z wants to hear what they'd like to hear is things are going to be predictable. Mm. And somewhat safe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what they don't want to hear is, hey, you want to go experience something crazy? <laughs> <laughs> or you'll never guess what's going to happen next. <laughs> Older generations, like during that time frame, it's like, yeah, this is so, life is so boring. Let's go do something crazy. Yeah. Let's try something crazy. <laughs> Gen Z is like, life is crazy. Yeah. Let's see if we can experience something normal. That'd be different. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. What a nice idea to an in, attend an in-person prom. Walk the actual stage at graduation. Right, yeah. All these things that normally you would say with a certain amount of facetiousness, oh, well, isn't that a novel idea? Now it really is. It's just like the idea yes. of like this normal existence of doing what your parents or your older siblings did that just they took for granted all of a sudden is no longer guaranteed because of COVID oh, or, you know, whatever, um, or even just the idea of like our kids coming home and telling us that they had like active shooter lockdown. Like who wants to think about that? How is this part of the reality now, which is not something that you would consider right, safe yeah. or normal or predictable? <laughs> Gen Z would like to hear you're going to experience the same thing, the same milestones that your much older siblings and your parents, maybe even your grandparents experienced. They didn't get to do the things that were just taken for granted for generations. So to right. do those things, that would be nice. So we could see how when we are delivering presentations to different generations, they're going to hear us through different filters, through different experiences. It's not all the same. And they're going to see our visuals and, and experience, even our, our body language in different ways, depending on what time they grew up in, what we experience at a certain age shapes us in a unique way. 
And we've got to take that into consideration when we deliver big presentations. If we could do this, then we will be much more effective. We will be much better at making big presentations in small rooms. So what do you think? Could your organization benefit from a big presentations training? I bet it could. If you have internal meetings that include updates and proposals, man, this stuff is for you. If you do sales presentations in small rooms, we can help. Just go to mrgpresentations.com to book your training today. That's mrgpresentations.com.